Hello. That's fine. Hi, hi, hi. What's going down? Let's see if this is going. And when we get some people. Some people. Hi. All right, it's going. I'm on the road right now. I'm currently in Chicago. And I felt like that this is the perfect city to talk about Saul Alinsky. Is this choppy? Is the uh, is the feed choppy? Looks a little choppy on my end. What's up, y'all? How's the feed? Choppy or good? Is it okay? It's choppy? A little choppy, huh? I should probably restart it. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna restart it. Just stay stay there. I'm restarting it. I don't want it choppy. I hate choppy. I'll be back. tabs going here I think it's probably working but one second all right all right it's gonna work guys it's gonna work what's up people I think that that will have uh, better streaming I just restarted the computer. All right, so I'm currently in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, send words of encouragement to Owen on Streamlabs. Oh, thanks. It's better, right? Good. Is it a clear image? Is it a clear image, though? Now it looks a little fuzzy. (laughs) It's good? All right, let's just talk. All right. So... I'm right now I'm in Chicago, Illinois. I'm doing uh two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow, which is really amazing because we had to add a bunch of shows cuz uh a lot of people are coming out. And uh I just performed in Cleveland yesterday and it was a blast. It was in a movie theater type theater. It was in front of a screen, like a movie screen. They didn't have a spotlight. But the uh crowd was so just engaged and awesome that uh it was just a blast. And then we hung out after. And I got a quick story about getting there. So I, it was a nine-hour drive from where I live to Cleveland. And then this morning, I just drove to here, Chicago. It's probably another six hours. And uh, so I'm driving to Cleveland from where I live. And I wanted to make sure I got there with enough time to maybe go for a jog and do sound check and all that stuff. And I got to employ a bunch of bears. I, got, I had six staff members, all bears. It's awesome. But uh, so anyway, I get pulled over by a cop and she let me go, which is a a great sign right off the bat. I was doing 70 and a 55. I thought it was a 65 and uh, she was cool. She just let me go. It's kind of great. I felt um, I felt good about that. But then I pushed my luck. The, The thing about me that my wife finds extremely annoying, she laughs at it. But she finds it troubling. Like, I didn't even admit to her that this happened until later in the night because I didn't want her to worry. I push the the gas tank real far when I drive. I like I like to take it all the way down to E. Like, at like even a little below E. Because I'm obsessed with uh, not... 
I'm obsessed with getting gas as, as rarely as possible. So I like to just, my, my car holds 20 gallons. And if I'm not like 1997, I feel like I failed. So anyway, long story short, I think you know where this is going. I ran out of gas. So I'm on the throughway, maybe 40 miles outside of Buffalo. And I just run out of gas on the highway, which is uh, interesting because for some reason your car needs gas for the wheel to work. And uh, so I'm just pulling to the side. I pull off. The closest gas station is 1.7 miles, I think. And just cars are flying by. And I just started laughing a little because I'm also in a time crunch. Like I had to get to Cleveland at a certain time. So I just start running. I'm just full sprint to the gas station on the side of a highway. And uh, I get to the gas station. And by the way, I'm running as fast as I can because I know that the clock's ticking on a possible tow truck situation because they don't let the car stay on the side of the highway very long. So I get to the gas station. It's, it's like a mom and pop gas station. It's, uh, and there's just these two people working there. And, uh, and I was like, I need to buy a gas can. I'm like covered in sweat. And they're like, we don't, we don't have any gas cans, man. I'm sorry. And I started thinking like I could fill up a coffee cup. I just, I sounded like a crack cat. I'm like, man, I just need a little gas, just enough to get me to the, cause there was a, a gas station six miles down the road. And he goes, well, I have a gas can. And I was like, how much you want for it? And I think he saw in my eyes that I was in a bit of a desperate situation. So I was like, I'll give you 20 bucks for your used gas can. And he was like, sounds good to me. And uh, so I filled it up. It was two gallons worth. And now I'm running back to the car holding a gas can. A guy pulls over and is like, you want to ride? I'm like, yeah. And as we're driving, I'm just clutching this gas can. And I'm realizing the gas is just like now covering my shirt. It was only like a half mile of a ride, so I don't think it really even annoyed him, to be honest, but I felt bad, so I threw him a 20. It's all about 20s. And then I filled up the car, and I almost ran out of gas again before getting to the next gas station, but luckily I got there, filled up my tank, made it to Cleveland, and um, had just a great time. The Bears came out full force, had some unbelievable conversations uh, some beers were had, no, uh, no excessive drinking, just, uh, just cash beers, high-fiving. And now I'm in, in Chicago. So what I want to talk about with, uh, Saul Olinsky is a guy that a lot of people probably don't know exists. And, uh, he's one of the most evil, but brilliant, fascinating characters in American history that not enough people understand. He is the creator of the modern-day social justice warrior. He literally wrote the book on it. It's called 12 Rules for Radicals. And why does this matter? Because Barack Obama was trained in the Alinsky School. Community organizing is what Alinsky invented. And it's not – community organizing is – it's about uh, communism. It's, it's crazy, dude. And check this out. Like here is uh, Saul Alinsky – in, uh, in 1998, a small theater Chicago uh, company staged a play called The Love Song of Saul Alinsky, dedicated to the life and politics of the radical community organizer 
whose methods Obama had practiced and taught on Chicago's South Side. Obama was not only in the audience, but also took the stage after one performance and participated in a panel discussion that was advertised in the poster for the play. You will see why this is insane in a second. Because I always wondered what community organizer meant. I never knew. When Obama first came on the scene, he was a community organizer in Chicago. And Alinsky perfected the doublespeak, right? He would uh, use social justice rhetoric as a means of power acquisition. And, um, and for people that want to defend him, it's a fact that, that okay, in, when he went to University of Chicago, he perfected a way of getting food for free and he would teach other people how to do it. That was his whole thing. That's the thing that surprises me is not only was he a, uh, like a scam artist who always wanted free stuff, he delighted in teaching his techniques to others. That's another level of being a dick. Okay, so then he did work for the mafia. And um, one time the El Capone gang hired an outside hitman from out of town and Alinsky had no problem with the hitman. He just thought that they were wasting money by not hiring a local hitman. And he looked up to the practices of the mob and, and, uh, and then developed a new system where you don't get shot. You know, he's basically a mobster. You know, he, he developed like uh, what Al Sharpton does and all that stuff, uh, like all the, the race pimp and stuff, where it's like, if you don't give us money, we'll use, we'll call you a racist and we'll boycott whatever business you have. It's all mob techniques, except the mob does it more obviously. Like they would be like, you need protection. It's like, from who? It's like, from people who may want to burn down your store. Like they're basically saying violence or money. Saul Linsky discovered this. He perfected this way of inverting it. It's the victim mentality, the victim, the way of playing the victim to do the exact same thing where you're like, uh, in order to get, we're getting social justice, you know, and, and it's the same thing. You'd just be like, if you don't pay up, we will uh, picket you. And one, one famous thing that he did once is he, uh, he had a bunch of guys dress as KKK members and go to a Republican giving a speech and they were all just clapping and cheering like it was good. That made all these headlines. And little did he, he didn't explain that the KKK was started by the Democrats and it was the uh, enforcement wing of the Democratic Party for its entire existence. Like that's a fact. Uh, but it didn't matter because this is, he, he, he preach, he preaches that the truth doesn't matter. This is all, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is very easy to look up. Uh, the ends justify the means, which is a Malcolm X quote. It's actually from Saul Alinsky, where the there ethics and morality only come in, uh, only are debated in his mind when you have multiple ways of getting power and money, <clears throat> and that if you have three ways of of achieving the same ends, at that point you could pick the most moral way, like the less, the least um, full of death and lies. But if you didn't have other ways, you would just pick the one with death and the lies. This is where it gets even crazier. I think Saul Linsky is more evil than Lenin because he didn't have an ends. And this is a very dangerous thing about 
this this radical left idea because hopefully that this talk will help you people understand the madness that's happening now the cultural madness that it's not the democratic party that of your grandparents it just isn't because when you hear stuff like uh uh nancy pelosi and chuck schumer and all these guys they don't have a number of immigrants that they're okay with because part of Alinsky's whole thing is there's no goal he, he was obsessed with the conflict the agitation the the war the cultural divisions that's what he was into it, it's one thing like like Vladimir Ilyanov Lenin. He wanted a communist state, and he was willing to do whatever it took to get it. And that is evil, in my opinion. But at least he had a goal. Solinsky has no goal. That's true. Satanism. It's like he likes chaos and and agitation, and as a means to acquire um, power. And you might think that I'm exaggerating. This is uh, the the inscription, the dedication to his book is this. The very first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did it so effectively that he at least won his own kingdom. Lucifer. That's, that's the inscription in his book. Hillary Clinton uh, wrote her uh, thesis on this guy in a very positive way. He offered Hillary Clinton a job. Like, this is crazy. And don't get me wrong. I think he's trying to be slightly clever and slightly funny, but it's like that, as someone who really understands jokes, that's a joke, joke. It's like not really a joke. He's uh, he's trying to be irreverent, and he's a witty guy, but that's that's real. All right. Let's let's go through the, the the rules for radicals, and I hope this will uh, make people understand exactly why a guy like Donald Trump is the only guy that can be elected in in this environment, because they use shame and lies as a tactic that Republicans and conservatives couldn't handle. Like Mitt Romney can't handle Saul Alinsky. You know when they made him uh, feel shame for being wealthy. You know, and, and Saul Linsky doesn't believe in anything. He has no ethics. Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example of how what he believes is the exact opposite of what a lot of other people believe. Because uh, in, in Christianity and in Judaism, there's the story of Abraham and Isaac, where God says you have to kill your, your only son. And Abraham was really hard for him to have a son. So it wasn't like he had a thousand, like literally a thousand sons. He had one. It was, uh, and he was very... Uh, it was the thing he loved the most in the world was the son. And so God said, you have to kill your son. And right as he's about to kill his son, God says, you don't have to. I was testing you. Basically saying that if you stay in the covenant of God, that's the only way you will survive and your son will survive. It's actually, it's not, some people don't understand that story and they see it as barbaric. Like God wants you to kill your son. In fact, it's the opposite. If you have ethics and beliefs not ends, not not like uh, material goals or power acquisition. If you believe in something bigger than the world, you have to stick to it no matter what. And and your ends, you can't know. That's the thing. It's like you don't get to choose your ends. You only get to choose how you live your life. And that's that story. Saul Linsky says, if you want a car and you don't have enough money, do whatever it takes to get that car ruin anybody. 
and uh, and he and he laid it all out. There's something. Um, he's a brilliant guy too. It, it, that's why I find him so fascinating because he. There's parts of him that I admire. He said that he would he had more disdain. He said I would I would I want all the Nazis shot. He goes, but I think it's worse. What's even worse than the Nazis were the neighbors, the the people that looked and and saw and saw what was happening and did nothing about it. Like he's a, like his ability to act, I have respect for. But everything else, I think he's literally one of the most evil people who's ever lived. And uh, and he would talk about, you know, I I face some of this shit where he talked about how there's certain groups of people that say I I admire your your convictions, but I disapprove of your tactics. And he's like, that's the, he's like that, that's, that's the way that these, these fools, these cowards, they, they want to be able to be, um, they want to be able to, uh, uh, still look like they're doing something, but they're not really doing anything like that, that part of him, I respect, but I don't think you can be truly evil unless there's something admirable about you. I think that's why Hitler is such a, a more appealing villain to most people than Stalin because Stalin had nothing like Hitler was evil, but at least he had courage. Stalin was just a bean counter. He's it's like, that isn't sexy evil. That's just mold. That's just the, the mold that it, it, it's a, uh, it's not world war one. It's the Spanish flu. You know, we talk about Verdun and all these uh, world war one battles. We don't talk about the, Five million people that died during the same time of the Spanish flu, because that's just a bug that kills you. You know, that's Stalin, just this this organism that just eats at you. Hitler at least had um, conviction, and that's why he's extra evil. And same with Saul. He was he he literally he got death threats all the time, and he would just talk about it like, "Yeah, I'll probably get shot." It's like fuck it. He was like the Joker. All right, so let's go through some of this shit. And before we do, I got to show you this one. Somebody made this for me, uh, and I thought it was hysterical. It's a it's a, a protest poster. It says, hey, NRA, stop killing our kids. That's our job. Sincerely, Planned Parenthood. <laughs> I think that confusing picket signs are my favorite thing for the future. I think like uh, making all this shit funny. You know, because my it's kind of like the pound me two joke I have, or the uh, the uh, tiki torches joke. I really like jokes where the speaker's intention is the joke. Like it's like the 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 good hearted fool. You know. All right, so let's uh, let's look at old Saul. Better call Saul. All right, what's another one of his quotes? The despair is there. Now it's up to us to go in and rub raw the sores of discontent, galvanize them for radical social change. So this is what a guy like him does. He sells discontent. It's like he'll go into a, a, a community and be like, what's wrong in your life? And someone could give him paragraphs of all the things that are good. Oh, no, I'm great. Life is good. I'm healthy. I have a family. I have a job. And he'd be like, go on. He's like, you know, it's a beautiful day. You know, my boss can be a little bit of an asshole, but whose isn't? It's like, your boss can be an asshole? It's like, yeah. It's, it's like, but I'm fine. It's no big deal. It's like, no, you aren't fine. You deserve a better boss. 
And want to know why he's an asshole? Because of your demographic. And he'd pick any demographic. He's, he's done this with Protestants. He's done this with Catholics. He's done it with black inner city people. He's done it with Jews, everything. He just, he'll isolate groups and make them agitated. And then he just, and, and that like agitation is how he got so rich and powerful because uh, he would sell human despair. And um, I, I recently watched this great Netflix series called uh, Altered Carbon. And there's an ongoing theme of that. It's in the future. There's a, there's, there's whole industries set up for uh, selling human despair, like, like appealing to just an awful side of, of human nature. And uh, I, I mean, if that's not satanic, I don't know what is. Where it's just someone saying you deserve more. And it's like then someone not even seeing it and then being like more. Um, it's one thing if you really just want to work for more, but it's that, it's that, uh, concept that you're owed it because the thing about people like that is even when they're paid, they don't feel any better. It doesn't fill any hole because once you become that there's no end to it. You know, it's almost like, uh, uh, like a relationship where, uh, where someone won't forgive somebody for something. And it just goes for years. And it's like, listen, either break up with me or forgive me. But we can't just live in this, this constant agitation. It's a way to keep control. Stefan Malinu used that as an example in one of his call-in shows recently where he's like talking about like if you're dating someone and you take a break and you sleep with someone else and then you tell the, the girl and she gets furious and you're like, listen, I don't consider it betrayal, but I'm really sorry. I regret it. Can you forgive me? And they say, yes, I love you. And you go, but, but for years after that, every single time you're in a fight, the girl's like, and you fuck Tina, you know? And that is a form of control. It has nothing to do with what you did. And that's what um, this guy's all about. Because look at slavery. Sla people make it seem like, okay, slavery is the original sin for the secular religion of social justice, right? This is what they're not telling you. America wasn't unusual for having slaves. In fact, the whole world had slaves forever. They're slaves right now. The thing that made America unique is getting rid of it. And now that kind act, that act of ethics, that act of humanity, of saying all men are created equal back in the day uh, was a revolutionary act. And then having to deal with the, uh, the cognitive dissonance of being a slave owner and thinking all men are equal. These are revolutionary ideas, empowering the individual. And, uh, and then we abolished slavery. And that was a radical act. There's slavery right now going on in Africa. There's slavery right now in Eastern Europe and in India. There's more slaves now than in 1860. So that's what the devil does. It takes a kind act. It takes an act of compassion, an act of uh, true progress, and it makes it bad. And the thing about people who do kind acts a lot of times is they, 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 they're easy to shame because a lot of times they're so, um, they go inward. You know, a lot of conservatives do this. A lot of religious people do this. Like if you say you're a racist, an actual racist would say, you sound like a nigger. They're just racist, like a real racist that doesn't affect. If you say that to just a normal, compassionate person, they go, am I a racist? Man, I should really be quiet. You know, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. 
and that's that's messed up and that's why um in this environment you're only the only people that can beat you are people without the ability of being shamed that's one reason why i'm very dangerous to the left and you see like the attacks and the canceled shows and the calling me a nazi and a hill all, all it is is because i don't fall in those traps and they know it and it's impossible to like use evidence or reason to show that I'm a bigot because I'm clearly not. It was so funny on my Facebook recently. I did that uh, racism song in my new special, by the way. Get it. It's, been, it's now been bought in uh, 39 countries, which is amazing. But uh, hugepianist.com, if you want the new special, it's called How Dare Me. I'm putting up my brother's opening set soon. Joe's emailing me that. But uh, so I put that up. And one of the jokes about Native Americans, you know, like uh, – I was having the crowd yell out races or groups of people, and I would say which ones in that group scare me and which ones I trust. It's it's uh it's a little bit like the Chris Rock I love black people I hate niggers joke. It's about the cultural divides within groups. That's and someone was talking about how I'm so insensitive to Native Americans, and this is why my life is so hilarious. On Facebook, like a buddy that I lived with in college was like, "Listen, dude, I'm full." blown Mohawk Indian. I live on the reservation. I live with Owen. That dude doesn't hate anybody. He wants people to get along. I put a cross with him. You know, he's like, I lived with him. I'm as native as you can possibly be. I'm part of the Mohawk Indian tribe. And then you just see no response because they don't actually give a fuck about native Americans. They want power and money and they want to do it with shame. And so this will help a lot of you guys that are in college or have jobs that, that are, you know, just tedious when it comes to this shit, where everything's an offense. An offense. This is a strategy. Wait till I show you guys the rules. It'll blow your fucking mind. All right, here's the rules. And we'll go through this. All right, rule number, rule number 12 is the, is the craziest for me. It's kind of like, all right, rule number one, power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. Power is derived from two main sources, money and people. Have-nots must build power from flesh and blood. So basically what he's saying is that, first of all, the concept of haves and have-nots is insane because everybody is the top 1% of something in the Pareto distribution. There's a million hierarchies, you know? Just being able to build a table makes you uh, uh, much, much higher than me for like, you know, just being able to uh, understand how uh, an engine works, that blows my mind. Everybody's so fascinated by or so obsessed with money and like, because dudes like this create this shit where people just think haves, have nots. And what does have and have not mean? Money. It doesn't mean family. He's not talking about people that aren't married without children. No, because that would actually be uh, good to say. The have-nots are the ones that don't have family, and we need to help them get a family. Like, that's more how I think. But this dude, and what he's saying is, a tactic that the left uses, and the more we go through these rules, the more you will see, like, oh my God, they've been doing this now for a while. Okay, there's something, there's something called a grassroots movement. Like, a, a perfect example is Red Bull. They spent nothing on advertising, but everyone started finding out about Red Bull because people just tell everybody. I'm a little like that. Like my special is on my website, not on Netflix, not at Comedy Central, no ad money, no, none at all. And people are buying it because they tell each other. They're like, oh, dude, this, this dude's funny. 
He doesn't he doesn't um, bend bend the fucking PC knee. He's funny. You like him, and that's it. Okay, now there's something called astroturfing, and this is what the left does. Okay, so look at what he says. He says it uh, it's not what you have; it's what the enemy thinks you have. So what that th- that's the concept of the bots, where a thousand people in a day call me uh, a human garbage and a racist, right? And and it makes people go, oh my god, everyone thinks Owen's a racist. Everyone thinks Owen's human garbage. So that means I'm wrong in thinking he isn't. No, that's astroturfing. That's a fake grassroots attack. And they do that based on these tricks. Like like those are bots. They're little algorithm fucking things that just repeat the same shit over and over again. And guys like this will send them out. What he would do, you know, uh, I retweeted someone the other day because they said, uh, there's a whole story on Twitter that uh, Wes Anderson culturally appropriated Japanese culture. And he goes, and the guy I retweeted was like, I can't find one Japanese person saying this. It's like, they create false problems. And then, but it's effective as shit because people want to follow, um, just follow along. You know, I had this uh, talk with this guy on Twitter and it started very hostile. And by the end, I think we get, we, we kind of figured out some stuff or at least he did. I, I'm capable of growth and I always am open-minded or I try to be to learn new things. But in this situation, I was just right the whole time. But He's talking about how I'm racist and all this stuff for using a word. And then I used other words where I'm like, what about the word rape or cancer? You know, do we say our word? He's like, no, but those aren't marginalized. I go, you're going to tell me that just having darker skin makes you more marginalized than being raped or having pancreatic cancer. You think that being black makes you more of a victim than someone that was gang raped. Are you sure about that? And then he was like, yeah, but you know, Everyone agrees with me. You should. I go, dude, most people agreed that slavery shouldn't end. If you're basing what you believe on what a lot of other people think, you're useless. And I think he started understanding that, that that isn't an argument, saying that a lot of people agree with me. So what the fuck does that mean? Tell me why one word is worse than another word. And if I have to say N-word, why don't I say R-word about rape or H-word about the Holocaust? Do you think the how? Ho- the victims of the Holocaust weren't marginalized? Or is this a tactic by dudes like Alinsky and you don't even know you're fucking doing it? Like LGBT, like those alliances and shit, that's all this guy. He, he teaches people how to do this, how to make these, these false, um, these astroturf movements. Like it, it, it appears like everyone's thinking one way, but no one really is. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the reason this guy's so evil is he doesn't even have a goal. He's just like, all right, on to the next thing to dismantle uh, society because they profit from it. A community organizer, like the Clintons, government employees, they're worth $300 million. It's the mob, dude, the mob. And that's why a dude like Trump was refreshing because at least he was just saying it. He's like, you, you know, you, call, you tell Mitt Romney he's rich and he's like, oh, uh, I know. I I one time had to buy my own socks. You call Trump rich? He goes, way richer than what you just said. I fucking have more. And people are like, everybody simply reacted to someone not following Saul Alinsky's 12 rules for radicals. Now let's go to the next rule. 
Never go outside the expertise of your people. It results in confusion, fear, and retreat. Feeling um, secure adds to the backbone of anyone. Right. So that's why so many of these movements are so dumb. Because they're trying to appeal to really stupid people. Like all this uh, uh, like cultural appropriation. It's easy to just explain that to a stupid person. Because it's stupid. Any smart person just goes, what the fuck? But he doesn't want to go outside of a comfort zone. Also the tactics. It's like he doesn't want people to have to do something they don't understand. He's right. You see what I'm saying? Like this dude's right. But he's fucking evil. All right. Dude, Obama loves this guy. Rule number three. Whenever possible, go outside the expertise of the enemy. Look for ways to increase insecurity, anxiety, and uncertainty. Right. right. Mob heckling Mitt Romney. Uh, a Mormon governor doesn't know how to handle that shit. You know, when you call, when you go outside the expertise of your enemy, like, uh, like let's say you're debating... Uh, that, well, that's why dudes like the examples I was about to use, you can't hurt him this way. Like Ben Shapiro, that's one reason his rise is because he can handle a heckler. You know, if Pierce Morgan tries to steamroll him with shame, he's like, no, buddy. But think about how easy it is to just steamroll someone who knows way more about something if you're one of these leftists. There's a, a, a Radio Lab episode about uh, uh, this debate group that were black from like the inner city or something. And they would go into a debate and they wouldn't debate anything. They'd just start yelling. They'd be like, reparations, black people. And, and they'd be debating like the policy on, on electric cars or something. And they wouldn't engage whatsoever in the debate because they would lose. So what they did is they just started doing something that made people really anxious. You know, like these debate nerds don't know how to be called racist. They just go, oh, and they fucking won. Like, th- like that tactic worked. Because there's certain people that don't have the ability of fighting back to nonsense. I do. And that's one reason why it's like people are getting so pissed at me. Because they'll try and do that shit with me. Where it's like, oh, you're alt-right. I'm like, well, I got the tiki torches to kill the mosquitoes because of malaria. And they're like, oh, fuck. This dude doesn't fall for this shit. And I'm like, oops. Whoops. Ha, 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 All right. Here's rule number four. Make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. If the rule is that every letter gets a reply, send 30,000 letters. You can kill them with this because no one can possibly obey all of their own rules. Yep. That's what they do, man. Like if there's, and the thing about conservatives is a lot of times they stick to the rules. So they'll just tediously have to go through all this nonsense. You know, that's why a lot of events get canceled and stuff too is because if there's a rule that if there's a security threat and they fake a security threat, like they send 30,000 emails, just two guys in a fucking basement, they'll cancel Ben Shapiro, even though it's fake, you know, but then dudes like me, will flip it. And I'll tell Justin Trudeau that my preferred pronoun is Justin Trudeau's a faggot. And then if he doesn't call me Justin Trudeau's a faggot, he's committing hate speech. That's the thing about this. It's very weak once you see it. It, it's it's kind of like when a, a magician shows you a trick and it blows your mind, but then as soon as you see how it's done, it, it's like you're like, this is so dumb. And and that's I, I figured that out. And some people don't get that. And when I'm on Twitter doing crazy shit, they don't understand what I'm doing. And I'm like, it's all good. Think whatever you want of me. 
but I figured out some Achilles heels in these motherfuckers. Make them follow their own rules. You know, Justin Trudeau's a faggot is my preferred pronoun. How dare you tell me? Because if, if you make all your rules about no discrimination, you can't discriminate against me, part of the gender called Justin Trudeau's a faggot. Ha ha ha. All right, here's rule number five. Ridicule is man's most potent weapon. You see why they took over comedy? Comedy is a motherfucker. Like comedy wins. Comedy is a vicious weapon if, if used properly. Because uh, there is no defense. It's irrational. It's infuriating. It also works as a key pressure point to force the enemy into concessions. Look at what they're doing to Trump. Just nonstop. Just ridicule, 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 ridicule. And they don't follow their own rules. But see, here's the thing. They don't have rules. Because when you see, okay, when I do that shit about Justin Trudeau, that doesn't affect Justin Trudeau. It doesn't affect progressives. They just go, you're a racist. Like, because they don't believe anything. All they're trying to do is acquire power and money, and they do it through shame and nonsense. And so I see a lot of conservatives or just normal people that, that are baffled by this, where they're like, wait a minute. So they're, they're attacking uh, Fiorino, or, or no, they're attacking like a, uh, you know, um, uh, Trump's wife. It's like, look at what they're saying about Trump's wife. How is that feminism? It's not. Feminism doesn't exist. It's all this shit. Ridicule, ridicule, ridicule. Because if you say something enough about someone, even if it isn't true, it has an effect. You know, if I just picked a random guy, John Oliver's a rapist. And every time I was like, oh, John Oliver's a rapist. John Oliver's a rapist. I have no information as to whether or not John Oliver is in fact a racist or uh, rapist. But if you say it enough, that'll fuck up his life. And that's true. But here's the thing about the right is we don't like lying. It goes against our ethics. That's why some of these we can't do because I'm not going to do that because you can't have a victory when you become the shit scum Alinsky that you're fighting. Like, I'm not going to start a false rumor. I'm not going to fucking do that. What I, you can do the play by your own rules thing. That's almost like a legal tactic, you know, but I'm doing it to make normal people laugh and normal people go, oh, this is nonsense because nobody likes anybody that doesn't play by a set of rules. If you're playing basketball and one guy brings out a bat and just starts hitting people with the bat, he's not invited back to play basketball. Human nature relies on a, a given set of uh, a, agreed upon principles and that way you have the most prosperity and the most amount of fairness. And if you lose, you don't get resentful about it. You're like, oh shit, I should have tried better. But if you lose because some asshole just pulls out a bat, you hate him. And that's what this dude's trying to spread. He's trying to break down all the sacred things in society. All right. Rule number six. A good tactic is one your people will enjoy. They'll keep doing it without urging and come back to do more. Uh, they're doing their thing and it will even suggest better ones. I don't quite understand that. I think that's basically like, uh, people like if this guy, this is a handbook to radicalizing other people. And he's basically saying like, whatever makes the animals happy that you're, that you've convinced to, to do shit. You know, like some people just like, like I I'm convinced the woman's March is just a bunch of bitches that want to go for a walk. I'm convinced. I see these marches and I'm like, just admit you want to go for a walk. Just admit you like walking with your friends. You know, it doesn't have to be for a cause. Just fucking walk. 
podcasts are, so, are sometimes like that. Like sometimes people invite each other on a podcast just to catch up. It's like, dude, you could just call. <laughs> All right. Rule number seven. A tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. Don't become old news. And, and that's one you see a lot. You see a, a brand new problem constantly, constantly. Like Leo the Lion goes into healthcare, goes into Ilian Gonzalez, goes into a, a woman's right to choose, goes into guns. Goes, it, it never, you, because if you stay on a topic too long, the left has to reveal that they're wrong. Because the longer you stay on a topic, like the more the emotions of a topic go down, the more you have to debate the policy. And none of the things they're saying makes any sense unless you're like really scared or angry or resentful. And so that's why it's constantly, remember, dude, trans people in the military, do you ever see that anymore? Like soon Russia collusion will be forgotten without any real resolution at all and no one will care. I'm, dude, Oprah Winfrey said one in five Americans will have AIDS. Like what? But but if you don't stop and think about it, you just keep going from one tragedy to the next. And that's how they get power. It's all there's a reason. It's not random. You do this for power. That's it. But it's a wait till you I got uh, wait till you see uh, the end. Not just the rules, but I got a quote for you that I'll show you. Because there's it doesn't help your life to acquire this power. It's it's like a it's like t doing a bunch of cocaine to have more energy. It always crashes. You can't live like this. All right. Keep the pressure on, never let up. Uh, keep trying new things to keep the opposition off balance. Is the opposition uh, masters one approach, hit them from the flank with uh, something new. You see that constantly, constantly. It's just a new outrage, a new word. This, is the, this guy's the king of the made up word, you know? Like cis. It's like, because normal rational people, it takes them, if you don't have borderline personality disorder, it'll take you a second to be like, what the hell? What? And before you know it, they got your shit. You've agreed to some policy that can never be uh, walked back. Okay, the threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself. Imagination and ego can dream up many more consequences than, an, than any activist. Right. That's constant. Look what happened in my hometown when that uh, church wouldn't accept my uh, donation. Think about how nuts that is. Because the fear is that, like, they just, you know, they see a headline, like, St. Bernard's Church accepts Nazi gold, you know? But in reality, it's nothing. But the fear, like, people are so motivated by the possibility of something that they will do monstrous um, defensive maneuvers and and that it was the original goal anyway. That's all they want. They want to sh they want to shut down and isolate individuals. We'll get to that in a second. That's the most powerful one. All right. Ten. If you push a negative hard enough, it will push through and become a positive. Violence from the other side can win the public to your side because the public sympathizes with the underdog. Yeah, that's playing the victim. You know, it's overplaying fucking Charlottesville, where one schizophrenic hit a lady with a car, and that's all they talk about. That's almost like uh, I, I, I did a, uh, an episode a few weeks back called uh, uh, Compassion for the Condemned or On the Side of the Condemned. It was about the newest Dan Carlin hardcore history about uh, the history of uh, torture and, and uh, 
public executions. And one thing that would happen is if someone, like a woman was like pleading for her life to, for her children, the crowd would turn sometimes against the executioner because it became human. And so that, that's a tactic that the left uses. And it's like, but they're so overusing it now that like, it doesn't really work. Like when I watch Jimmy Kimmel cry, I feel disgust, like legit disgust. Like when I see a cockroach, I'm like, you disgust me. It maybe the first time it would work, but over time you start realizing you're like, this is not effective guys. This is, this is, it's wearing off, you know? And uh, when you're saying, if you say a negative long enough, it becomes a positive. It's like, you know, this whole uh, acceptance of pedophilia is now what the left is pushing. Maps, you know, non, non-offending, uh, attracted to young persons, whatever. And they're legitimately trying to make it seem like that means they're special. That if you push a negative long enough, like a guy who chops his own cock off and, and you're like, so like Caitlyn Jenner is a mentally deranged human being. But if you say that's brave, that's brave, that's brave enough times, it becomes real because, oh, and another thing about Saul Olinsky, obsessed with celebrities, just like the Obamas, just like the Clintons, because if you have a celebrity near you, it amplifies your message because now every imprint that that celebrity has had on people, you now associate with this cause. And that is why uh, celebrity is so powerful. But this is the thing. This always runs out because they don't have an end goal. Now, instead of, um, they've, they've overused celebrities so much. And now every celebrity is a leftist. Like, except for a few that are like not very open about it. Now people just don't like celebrities. Like now, if there was a shoe company that was selling the Jimmy Kimmel shoe, I would never buy it. I would be like, uh, fuck that. Dude, no one watches the Oscars anymore. No one watches the Emmys. If you do, I watched the Oscars this year just to tweet funny shit. I used to legitimately enjoy the Oscars. I would watch the Oscars and be excited about who won Best Picture. It's now so leftist and it's been so beaten to death with this bullshit that it's having the opposite effect. Now associating yourself with... Um, celebrities is, uh, it's gay, you know? And I think sometimes people find that so interesting about me, but I've always been like that. Like some people are like, like last night, the dude that introduced me, he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to introduce Owen Benjamin. I just met him like two minutes ago, but he's really nice. And he just told me to go on stage. I'm like, yeah, cause you're just as good as a celebrity, if not better. Cause you're not for sure retarded. It's like these people get so obsessed with celebrities and you're like a random guy is more interesting than Jimmy Kimmel or Ben Affleck. It's like Ben Affleck is not an interesting person. He's a fucking dipshit, just an airhead, just a big headed fuck face. All right. The price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. This is actually a good, this is good advice. Actually, I actually try to follow this. Never let the enemy score points because you're caught without a solution to the problem. That, oddly, I don't think the left follows at all. Because one of their biggest problems is they don't have alternatives. They just say, racism, racism, everywhere. It's like, so what do you want to do? They're like, that's one of the only ones that I I truly endorse that he says, because that's true. It's, uh, that's why I like to be, 
I don't like to define my career about complaining about SJWs. Like I, I just do jokes, you know, like a lot of comedians will do a joke about the N word and Louis CK will say nigger and then explain it. I'd rather just do it. I want a place where people have another alternative, like what Steven Crowder's doing. He's trying to give another alternative to Saturday night live or uh, the daily show or some shit because you can't be defined by what you hate. It's very boring. And uh, it's one thing to to rally people behind a common frustration, which I do a lot, but you have to also make something and say, because one thing that would always happen is if you protest and you don't have an alternative, people aren't going to move. You know, if you say down with the patriarchy, this is what's happening now, though. It's like, so what do you want to replace this invisible nonsense that you made up with? It's like inclusivity. What exactly does that mean? It means communism. But they're using nonsense words. All right. Where am I at? This is the last one. This one is why this is the social justice warrior manifesto rule. Number 12. Pick the target. Freeze it. Personalize it. And polarize it. Cut off the support network and isolate the target from sympathy. Go after people and not institutions. People hurt faster than institutions. I try to do the exact opposite of that, with the exception of Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau, I'm not gonna, I fucking love making fun of him and fuck that guy. But that's almost an institution. What that is, is so effective, but it's like King Midas is gold. It's like uh, you'll never enjoy the fruits of that. It's so effective. If you just take, like, if there's a person that's part of an organization, like, take, uh, you know, the Tea Party. Just pick an individual that's that's uh, part of it. You know, claim they're a bigot, racist, homophobe. Try and isolate them from their friends. It's what they did to me exactly that. They try to alienate me from my community. My agent dropped me. My manager dropped me. A lot of my shiny, famous friends will text me but don't want to be associated with me at all. And that usually makes people beg, beg forgiveness and come back. I didn't though. And so then they, they keep hammering. You know, that you take a, a subject, like for example, the trans kid thing that I originally got swarmed for. You never have to debate that if you make it about another person being bad. The Catholic Church has used this tactic too in a, in a bad way in the past. Where it's like, so do you think three-year-olds should have fucking hormone replacement? It's like, you are a bigot. You see? Now it's about me being evil so that everything out of my mouth never has to be questioned. Because I'm now considered toxic. And this is, the caste system in, in, in India has done this. Like the concept of the untouchable. Um, the deplorable. The unbearable. <laughs> and... uh and it, it's once you see it now, if someone's called a bigot or a racist or a homophobe, I typically assume they're a good guy because uh, I, I just so rarely hear actual bigotry. It just isn't really on the table. All right. So I'm going to answer your super chats now. And uh, then I want to go for a, a job. Oh, there's a, a couple more things. Oh, this is. This is Saul Linsky's last interview with Playboy magazine, right? If you want to see where this ends, where this mindset will take you. Because there's probably people out there right now thinking, 
Well, that is effective. I could use those things to get power. Okay, this is the last thing he said. Alinsky, if there is an afterlife and I have anything to say about it, I will unreservedly choose to go to hell. Playboy, why? Hell would be heaven for me. All my life I've been uh, uh, with the have-nots over here. Over here, if you're a have-not, you're short on dough. If you're a have-not in hell, you're short of virtue. Once I get into hell, I'll start organizing the have-nots over there. Playboy, why them? Polinsky, they're my kind of people. This is an attempt at humor, but not really. He's, he's kind of basically saying the people he likes to associate with are demons. And that's not a joke. Like, uh, pe- like the have-nots being short on dough, you realize why that makes you evil? It's because you're, you're assuming have-not means money. Like, engaging in that thought process itself is an evil act. Because have-not, if someone said to me have and have-not, I, I, I know what they mean. They mean communist and money and stuff. I would truly think family, I would think family. Like a devastating place to be of have not is to be without family. And have would be family. And I am not saying that to virtue signal. That is exactly what, if you think have is money and have not is no money, you are archetypally speaking, a demon. (laughs) And so he's, the thing that I find so fascinating about him is he's just so open about it. And, and that's, it's so crazy. He's just like, no, I would, I would rather go to hell because I would organize the people because hell is consumed, is full of, whether you believe in religion or not, the concept applies no matter what. Hell is full of people that put, um, material needs or power or personal gratification above ethics. And there's different levels of hell. Dante's Inferno goes through it. It's all about people that view have as things and have not as no things. That's what hell is. So he's being incredibly insightful into his own um, mindset where he's like, I would get along a lot better in hell because in heaven, no one will follow my fucking rules. (laughs) Like in heaven, as soon as he starts going, so... How do we take your boss's money? Like you deserve a raise. People would go, no, dude, I'm fine. And you go, come on, come on, kid. You deserve more. It's because you're left-handed, kid. It's because your great granddaddy was a Navajo. That's why you don't have the shiny new car like your neighbor. And in heaven, people would go, you're the devil. (laughs) And in hell, people would be like, yeah. And that's what makes him so fascinating. Is he's right. And then, okay, here's a little more about Obama. This is from uh, Wikipedia. According to a Linsky biographer, President Obama was influenced by Alinsky and followed his footsteps as a Chicago-based community organizer. I really hope that this is blowing your minds as much as it's blowing my minds. <laughs> my minds, my mind. Horwood asserted that Barack Obama's 2000... By the way, I voted for Obama in 08, and I can't believe... It's like, it's crazy how much I didn't know about fucking anything that was happening. I just saw him as a guy who spoke well. And like, he was going to make black people happy. Now do you see how he dropped a bomb that that just absolutely dismantled America in the sense of, uh, of identity politics? 
It all starts with Alinsky. It all starts with this communism shit where it's like, you are your demographic. Someone owes you something. And because of that, I collect a fee. Bitch. All right, so check this out. Alinsky's influence on Obama has been heavily emphasized by some of its uh, detractors, such as Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck. Historian Thomas Serge argues, as with all conspiracy theories, the uh, Alinsky-Obama link rests in a kernel of truth. Kernel of truth? That's another trick. Look at this. Boom. He spoke at the fucking play. Kernel of truth. Calling something a conspiracy theory is another one of these word games. It's, it's, it's so you don't have to acknowledge that it's 100% true. It's like Seth Rich getting killed by the DNC. When people say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, really? He was mugged. They didn't steal anything. He was shot like execution style. And WikiLeaks kind of implied that he's the one who leaked all the DNC shit. And Donna Brazil in her book said that that event terrified her. Conspiracy theory? And, and I'm so glad that people are finally waking up to this stuff. And you don't have to agree with my politics or whatever. It's just don't fall for the bullshit. It's, it's one magic trick that just keeps people just keep using. And uh, yeah, to get my new special, hugepianist.com. Uh, and I, I be, there's still tickets available for Kirkland, Washington and Pittsburgh if you want to get tickets for that. And um, I'm excited to do all four shows here in Chicago. I will be joined by the great Eric Nimmer. I, uh, and yeah, I get to employ a couple more bears, like Kevin the Vet. Uh, and uh, a couple more. Yeah, like yesterday, we had six bears just crushing. And um, all right, anyway, let's read some of these babies. This has been a fun one. I hope you guys have been enjoying this, but let me... Uh, Oh, and I'm, I'm uploading a new conversation with my mom on Patreon sometime today. So that's a, it's a good convo. I record phone convos with my mom and just put them on Patreon. I've been doing it since I started Patreon. I'll put up videos with her sometimes, but uh, yeah, that's just something special I do for Patreon. Because it started because I was very protective of her and I didn't want her exposed to all the animals. <laughs> and, uh, but she seems to really enjoy it. She loves your comments. She, she, it really warms her heart. Like now she's, she watches all the stuff I do now and she never used to. I think she's, uh, she's less intimidated by the internet because, uh, because you guys, the unbearables are such kind people that I think that she, it, she lights up because she's been really, uh, underappreciated in, in the colleges, uh, her whole career because she won't follow these rules. She's a very, very honorable and decent woman. And she's been having to live in this environment. And I like now that I see all this stuff, I'm like, it, it just shows how important it is to have beliefs and, and an ethic and to, to have your intention not be stuff. My mom has never owned a pair of clothes that she bought new, ever. Like her, her sweatpants barely reach her feet. She doesn't give a fuck, but she cares so much about the right stuff. And that's why, you know, She's in her mid seventies and she's just sharp as a whip and just lights up and loves to talk. And so, um, yeah, it was a great convo we had and I'll be uploading that. All right. Community bear, useful idiots, hundred percent. John, how many potatoes does it take to kill an Irish man? None. That's a good joke. That's about, uh, the Irish genocide, the, the, uh, the, 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 the intentional famine created by the British. Uh, Yeah. 
Crazy. How many potatoes does it take to kill an Irishman? None. That's really funny. Um, how many potatoes does it take to kill a Russian man? A thousand, but first you have to make it into vodka and then give him a job at uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, mine, yours is better. Rudy, I read the whole damn book, Know Thy Enemy. You got to know thy enemy, dude, because like I see so many people so confused by these tactics. And that's why sometimes I say shit and people are like, Big Bear, like you're a lot nicer in person. I'm like, yeah, but the message I'm saying is still okay. I'm just using very intense language. And that is a way to fight this shit. And I can't explain it a lot. If I overexplain it, I'm stuck in one of these fucking Salowinsky holes. Like you have to, like, not you guys. Live your life normal. It's just in my job as a public speech professional comedian, I have to let them know they can't do it to me. Because shame is the biggest uh, strength that they have. So I say Justin Trudeau's a faggot. <laughs> what now? That's it. It's like, just say shit. Like, say retarded. Don't let them take your words. Because they don't care about people, man. Sal, Saul Linsky, Obama's hero, got a lot of tips from the Al Capone gang. about, And it was because of uh, their hiring practices of hitmen. They're fucking mobsters, dude. All right, Queefy Bear. You're a stand-up guy, Owen. Ha ha, do some puns for Queefy Bear. Don't force puns, Queefy Bear. Just let the puns happen. You're being uh, barely human right now. Uh, Blonde in the Belly of the Beast. Come on our podcast. Pretty please, come on. Yeah, I will if I uh, if the if shit lines up. I just, my life is just work, really. But uh, yeah, if I can, I will. You know, it's just about time and it's about, I, I can't always follow up on shit people tell me because it just, like, I'm blessed as hell right now to have a lot of opportunities and have a lot of people that want to talk to me, which feels really good. But at the same time, it's like um, it's like digging. In, it's like trying to dig a foundation in sand sometimes. Like, I'll dig and then it's just more and more. And so that that's why I have to kind of stay in the moment. I, eventually, I will just have to hire people to help me organize podcasts and shit like that. All right, Lord Mozzarella Bear. Hopefully, weather doesn't keep me from being able to go to Chicago tomorrow. It's supposed to get three to six inches in Indianapolis. Just come. You'll be fine. Uh, Nano Bear. Running your tank, that town is hard on the fuel pump. Running your tank, that low is hard. On, oh, that low. On, I know. I made a mistake. But uh, I learned from it. I was covered in gasoline. Jennifer. Had such a great time seeing you last night. Oh, dude. You're the greatest, Jennifer. That was, uh, Jennifer's 36th time seeing me. She's an OG. She's been... Uh, She's been through some shit. You know, she's seen the whole fucking journey. Logan, shout out from Cleveland, seeing Pittsburgh. Hell yeah, dude. Olinsky dedicated his book to Satan. What the fuck? Yep, he did. And then he, in, in interviews, he would constantly talk about how he'd rather go to hell. And and I listen, I can identify jokes. I say shit all the time, like, like uh, the sarcasm. But there's a difference when sarcasm, like when I say something that's obviously the opposite of what I'm saying, or I'm being sarcastic. It's so different than someone almost using comedy as a way to hide in plain sight. Like Bill Cosby almost did that a little, like always doing baby gibberish, like, like he's such a pervert. You should read Andrew Breitbart's chapter from his book about Saul. I will. I like listening to Breitbart's YouTube interviews. South Park uh, clan episode is based on his tactics, pitting your evil people on the opposition. Totally. 
My name is Penis. I'm from France. You know how to spell it. I was from Amber. My name is Penis. I was my, my name is from Penis. I'm from France. You know how to spell it. I haven't done that tag on that joke in a long time. Thanks for reminding me. Thank you, Truth Bomb. Benjamin, Owen, got Twitter two days ago to talk with you. Need verification. Can I, can I be Show Me Bear? I was about to say, Missouri, yeah. Live in LA. Welcome, Show Me Bear. What's your P.O. box? Been trying to reach you. Please check inbox. Much love. Stay strong. Uh, I'll, I'll look for you in my inbox. My P.O. box, I don't remember. But I think it's in the description of some of these YouTube videos. Son, Sonora Bear. Anxiety attack this AM. Couldn't go to work. It's good to see you live. Love you, Big Bear. Making a gift for you. We'll need a PO when you move. I will. I will uh, get all you guys that info. And I'm sorry you had an anxiety attack. Um, but I hope you feel better. Kevin, selling human despair. Facebook, Twitter, QuickBait. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't use Facebook. I mean, I post on Facebook. I barely read it. I never look in the feed. I don't really respond to anybody. Twitter, I enjoy because it's a way for me to learn what other people think on things. And the, the original point of putting the bear in the icon on Twitter is to let each other know that we're not bots, that we're real human beings. And I, I thought that that was so interesting because it worked. We developed a community, like an actual one, not a bullshit fucking community based on resentment. It's based on, it's a community based on the, the mutual desire to want to try hard and have something good in life and that we're not owed shit because of our fucking... You know, the fact that we have a left-handed dick or something. Shakes, I have an extra ticket for Saturday in Chicago, 7 p.m. Moran 16 at Gmail, and it's yours. Awesome. So that's jmoran16 at gmail.com. J-M-O-R-A-N 16 at gmail.com. Perfect. Isaac and Abraham were a picture of God and his son, Jesus. Isaac wasn't sacrificed by Abraham because God stopped him. But Jesus, God in the flesh of a man, laid down his life willingly for the sins of the world. I'd love to debate with you on that. Not debate, but I like what you're saying. But I, I think that uh, the, the difference is Jesus chose it. He, cho- he allowed himself to be sacrificed versus uh, Isaac was a lamb. Jesus wasn't a lamb, and that's the thing that makes him so powerful, is that he willingly took on the sins of man. Isaac wasn't, it's, it's almost like transgendered kids. Isaac wasn't old enough to consent to that. <laughs> you got to be 33. But uh, I know what you're saying though. But uh, I think that it, it, there's a difference. Is it pretty, I'm going to read that again. Isaac and Abraham were a picture of God and his son, Jesus. Isaac wasn't sacrificed by Abraham because God stopped him. But Jesus laid down his, right. No, we agree. Because the action is on Jesus. Right. All right. What do you think of the harpsichord? Ah, uh, it's. It's cool if you're trying to play spooky music. Uh, cheeky pseudonym. This is why I do Patreon. Thank you, Owen. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. No, you got me through some dark times. Remy. The entire LGBT is like 4% of the population. Adding letters is meant to make them seem more average. Person believe 25% of the people are gay. I know, right? It's all, it's all bullshit. It's all Trojan horse tactics. And it, it didn't start with Alinsky. He just... Uh, figured out how to do it in American politics and pass on the knowledge very easily. Uh, but yeah, it's like the Trojan horse. There's been a bunch of times in history where, where uh, in military tactics, where you'll try to make yourself look like either deception, like the Trojan horse, or you, you try to make yourself look more powerful than you actually are. Any luck 
contact and count dank you lot. No, I've had no time. I literally just like I'm gonna have to go right from this to a jog and then to sound check because I have to stay active. The one thing that's sacrificing right now is my health because I can't maintain um, a sleep schedule, an eating schedule, or exercise when I'm on the road, and so uh, I really don't have a lot of time. But I I really want to talk to Dankula. You inspired me to get back into broadcasting. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Steve. Politics debates are full straw man and scare tactics. Well, they, they don't have to be, but they are when you know you're wrong. Please plug the two-way rally Saturday, 3 p.m. in Lansing, Michigan. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, there is a Second Amendment rally this Saturday at 3 p.m. in Lansing, Michigan. Attend. You will be safe there. <laughs> Omega Tau. Proper credit for the following correction goes to Jean-Philippe uh, Bouchard in the comments section of your 11th hour polish video. Oh, sweet. Thank you for clearing that up. Good to hear your voice, you racist bigot. That's awesome. Your barbaric playing by ear has finally caught up to you. You've got the first and third movement of Moonlight Sonata backwards. That's hilarious. I knew I fucking did something like that. <laughs> oh, so it comes after. Changes the whole joke. It's all good. Sup, Big Bear? Can I get verification? Of course. Welcome, Rattlesnake Hands, the alcoholic cripple bear. It's <laughs> a great name. You all are my favorite heretics. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah, locomotive breath. We are heretics to the religion of the state. Samuel, when I criticize identity politics, some of my friends will come back and say, wasn't the civil rights movement a form of identity politics? Is there a good form of identity politics? If so, how do you distinguish between uh, good and bad? This is all you say when you we say back to him. You say, the civil rights was about uh, the government not restricting any rights from a group of people. The government was participating in identity politics. The civil rights movement was, like the ending of segregation was trying to get rid of a government policy that was identity politics. The civil rights movement itself was not identity politics. Uh, it was a desire to have uh, the same rights given to you. It, it was a desire to not be judged based on your identity. Ironically, and I got a lot of shit for saying this on Rogan, but like how I said that Martin Luther King Jr. would now be seen as alt-right. Like all these fucking people are like, Ugh. it's, it's like, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty true. He's like, don't judge me based on being black. And now everyone's like, Everything is because I'm black. Must see is sheep in wolf's clothing, notably from Catholic Church, which was originally duped by Alinsky. I'll check that out. Alinsky's a tricky fucker. Oh, and by the way, this goes without saying, this is not a Jewish thing. Sh uh, uh, Shia tweeted, he was like, I'm so fucking nervous and angry and, and just pissed that everyone, the left only looks up to these shitty Jews. And uh, I, it obviously goes without saying that this is not a Jewish conspiracy. This is just a very evil man who, who is Jewish. And if you go down that path of the whole Jewish conspiracy shit, it's the same logic fallacy as white privilege. And I hope to God you don't believe in white privilege because it's just as fucking stupid where you go, look at all the wealthy people that are white. Oh, it's because they're white and they're keeping it from us. It's, it's the same fucking thing. So, Alinsky wasn't even a practicing Jew. He would use the synagogue as a tactical advantage 
uh, for his mob tactics, but he didn't, he didn't believe in God. He only, he, I think he only believed in the devil. Uh, you still doing the special for free for donators? Yeah. Yeah. I posted on, oh yeah. Just, uh, DM me. I posted on Patreon, a, a code for it, but, uh, for obvious reasons, I can't talk about it on a, on a live stream because then, uh, you know, my, my income would, uh, would stop and, and the left would then win again and again. And a fucking gang. All right. Uh, is Minneapolis still happening April 6th? Yes, it is. It's happening in a big way. Whenever I catch a stream, got to buy you a beer. Much love. Thanks, uh, Socrates Johnson. Take some cash from the UK before we sink without a trace. Rural bear. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are fucked. Don't give up the guns, man. It's like uh, the devil just whisper in your ear like, no, no. You're the good one. Everyone else is wrong. They're hateful. If someone is described as hateful, you know it's bullshit. Because that doesn't mean anything. Food Bear. I love your mom, Big Bear. She reminds me of my grandma. Sweet lady, but sharp as a damn tack. Amy's a badass, too. Anytime they're on, it's a blast. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to have good women in my life. And it sounds like you do as well. Are you getting Saul's new book? Yes. Oddly enough, none of this surprised me. All explained by Dinesh. Yeah, dude, Dinesh. He has it down. A lot of people have it down. That's why you don't hear from people that have it down. Get on Kumite. Check it out on YouTube or Worski. I don't know what that is, but thank you. Sad day for free speech in UK when the comics being black bagged by the finger man. Remember, remember the 5th of November. I claim Dragon Bear. Welcome, Dragon Bear. Yeah, you know, uh, Muslims can uh, do a full-blown fucking rape in, a, in the streets, and that's called uh, multiculturalism. But a comic tells a joke, and he will be going to jail. So, if that doesn't send chills down your spine, you're a fucking psycho. That blonde tat does a podcast with Matt Christensen. Love you, blonde. Oh, yeah. I was uh, DMing with him. I would absolutely love to do that. I hear nothing but good things about you guys. Add Mama Bear's book, Call to Healing, is Unbearable's reading list. Yet, I talked to my mom about it. No, I don't like that that fucking press will make a dime because they treat her like shit. I'm getting my mom to write another book. So don't support those people. Fuck them. They, they were really fucked up to my mom. So don't buy the book. People are always like, why don't you plug your mom's book? Like, I'm like, I have my reasons. When I was a child, I watched with the, what these people were doing and how they fucked with her and all this shit. And not a dime. Uh, but I will, I really wanted to write another book. Because she's got some shit to say. Parker, uh, because her message is getting out. That's what you YouTube, dude. It's not like she's. I, I don't want her message out, but she could. A lot of manipulation, a lot of just weird shit with those people, and I just fuck them. Not one dime. I could have made that shit a fucking hit, but she doesn't own uh, any of it, and they treated her badly. I can be a vengeful fucker, but it's only because, uh, if not, you're just a, you're a sheep, you know, I'm not going to bomb them, but I, you know, I don't want them to have a, a fucking dime. All right. There's all the difference between treating people equally and trying to make them equal. Need verification. Gotta be Rocket Bear. Welcome Rocket Bear. Yep. Equality of outcome versus equality of opportunity. That's, it, it's so easy to understand once you understand it, but the left relies on, on trickery. We're saying, I believe in equality. What does that mean? 
that the demographics of the population should be represented in every single job. And the people that get to decide that are us, and we have all the money. What about ditch digging or deep sea fishing? Why isn't there 50% women? Oh, you're a sexist then. Oh, so you're just crazy. No, no, very, very uh, tricky fuckers. They know exactly what they're doing. They're not stupid. Do you think Saul Linsky's stupid? I just outlined it. He, they know what the fuck they're doing. Ends justify the means. You, you, you put that together with the manifesto of social justice and you got yourself a fucking nuclear bomb. I uh, saw Crowder live yesterday. All the protesters were white girls at a very rich private school. Are you surprised? Nope. That's exactly what it is. What's your take on the teacher strikes for pay? I don't know what that is. I'll look into that. I don't want to comment on something I don't understand. Climate change science, good biology, science, bad. Well, climate change is another Alinsky tool. It's just a way to do shame and guilt. You know, Obama's entire foreign policy was based on uh, apologizing to countries that are currently chopping off the heads of gay men. Climate change is just another way for the government to control more and more things based on guilt and shame. In the 70s, it was about the earth getting colder. It's fucking insane. Civil rights movement was identity politics masquerading as civic nationalism. It was always about attacking whites. I think there was a time it wasn't, and then it became that. I think that um, there was a real good part of the civil rights movement, and then it became weaponized. I sometimes think it's the CIA that once there's uh, any type of real authentic cry for freedom and equality of opportunity, not outcome, they bring in the bullshit. You know, they bring in the, the fucking identity politics of it and they just keep all their little farm animals like us just producing milk. Pesbury here. Saw an awesome movie the other day. First killed my father about the uh, Cambodian genocide. Frightening and similarities between the Khmer Rouge and the SJWs. Oh, it's all, it's all the same shit. Yeah, the Cambodian genocide is the same thi fit. Same shit. Did anybody tell you about the Bear Fitness Challenge? No, but that sounds exciting. Please come to Salt Lake. I would love to. Lucas, thanks, buddy. Grant, first time catching a live stream. Buy some beer on me. Much love from Texas. I love Texas. Uh, uh, Harris, love you, Owen, almost as much as my AR-15. 2A, love it, bud. Oh, there's some frightening things happening right now in Oregon and Vermont as far as guns. Talk to Bayonet Bob about that. Real, real threatening shit. And there's people coming to my show that they weren't... Legally, you can't come to Illinois with your firearm from Indianapolis. That's fucking insane. The Bear Jew. I have some ideas for scheduling. Texted you. Thank you, Bear Jew. Uh, Chris Ireland. Big Bear. Will there be a beer at the show tonight? I've never been to the venue. If so, here's a little... To have one on me, keep up the good fight. Cheers, Windy Bear. If not, there'll be beers around there. But thank you very much. And uh, a lot of this gets to go to employing bears. I got to pay six bears 20 bucks an hour cash yesterday. How fucking awesome is that? It's just like, because that's like, the opposite of Saul Alinsky is growing a community of mutual benefit. He would say, why not more? Why not 25 and they whisper in my ear, they do it for free. They even offer to do it for free. Why would you pay them anything? They don't respect you. Look, right? It's the devil, man. It's the devil. All right. Dandelion mine. Uh, Socialism always ends starvation genocide. Rural bear. Thank you. Field of bears, I guess, couldn't make it today, but I love that we keep the torch alive. 
Lucas, I suck at Super Chat. Can I open for you and Bray in April? I promise I'm funny, unlike other California comics. Well, I'll have to check out your shit, because those are big shows. But, uh, potentially. You know, uh, definitely a guest spot if you're funny, but opening opening is uh, at the improv, you know, like a half hour, you know, it's a whole thing. If you're insanely funny, but guest spots are the best because if you don't show up, I don't get fucked because that happens all the time. You know, everyone has a set. Uh, Gregory, keep fighting. Owen, you're a good man to be fighting the free speech fight. Having become a father, I'm concerned with the state of the world and the plight of young men. Stay safe and healthy from one new dad to another. I mean, that's my biggest motivation is, is, my, is my child and my soon-to-be child. It's, it's, I don't understand people that don't fucking fight for this. I don't. But we'll win. Satan always loses in the end. Sometimes a lot of people die, though, but... You know, resentment isn't a sustainable thing. It's always going to be there, but you can't, you can't like govern, like the Khmer Rouge died. Like they're not in power. <laughs> All right. Uh, bought four tickets to Braille show, Braille show Saturday. My 30 year old wants stoner bear. I asked why he wants to bring back stoning for punishment. Sounds fishy. That's hilarious. Welcome Viking bear. Love stoner bear already. I bought ticks for the Kirkland show. Ticks and mail? No, we just make a list. Uh, it's just if you buy it, we have a, an alphabetized list and a bear at the door will check off. It's just easier that way, I think. But I think next time, I think people like tickets. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Verified News Network. Thanks for retweeting out one of our video clips yesterday. Very fun to have Tom Bearclaw on Shia's live stream. Kick ass, uh, kick ass at tonight's show. Yeah, I love that you guys are making shit. It's just, it's awesome that you just take stuff and run with it because that's where it's at. This is not a top-down community <laughs> at all. I'm just trying to fucking get a workout in. Uh, Amber, no, and in Illinois, you have to have a FOID card, firearm owner ID card. Yep, it's fucking insane. Barack Obama's an asshole. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Uh, like this, share this, give it to people so they know more about uh, good old Saul Alinsky. And uh, my new special is, I'm, no, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, it's Eric. All right. Eric's here. I'm going to bounce. All right. See you guys in a bit. I got to go. Uh,